And the Lord is doing something special in the land today. There's a great awakening that's taking place. And I want to be a part of that, don't you? My name is Sandra Hancock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our program. Now, today's message was actually filmed in Laurel, Mississippi at one of our conferences, and we had a mighty move of God. Be blessed by this message. The title of this message today is Revival is Now. Why is it now? Because it's in us. We're the hands and the feet of Jesus. And the Lord is doing something special in the land today. There's a great awakening that's taking place. And I want to be a part of that, don't you? But you know, there is a cost to revival. There's a cost to revival. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about us willing to pay the price. Everywhere there's a revival, it doesn't start out with a bunch of people. It starts out with a few people that's willing to pay the price. And I know you are willing to pay the price because all of you came out on a Saturday morning and this is your day off and you're thinking about all the things you need to do, but you're hungry for Jesus. And many of you that are watching by television, you're like, there's no accident that you're watching. Because see, one thing about revival, it comes with unity. One mind and one accord. So I know we're all in one mind and one accord here today. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to sweep through here. He's going to empower us. He's going to refresh us. He's going to heal us. He's going to set us free. Whatever you need from the Lord, he's in the house today. Amen. And if you're watching from your, tele, from your uh, hospital room and, and you feel like you have no hope, hey, you got hope in Jesus. He's not finished with you if you got breath in your body. So we're going to talk today about how we can pay the price to have personal revival in our lives. Amen? Amen. Are we ready for the word? I'm ready to preach today. Let's go to a very familiar scripture. Let's go to Galatians 3, 26 through 28. For you are all sons of God through faith, in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much for your presence that we feel. I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray now that you anoint me to teach this word, anoint every heart to receive in Jesus' name. Now, in this particular scripture, Paul was writing a letter to the church. Apparently, they were having some problems of division. And I believe if Paul was alive today, the church would be getting a letter, don't you? Maybe a personal visit. (laughs) But what I want to do today is I want to break down this scripture 
Because we've got to know that revival comes with unity. Now, first of all, it was faith in Jesus Christ. But what is faith? And I like to say faith is forsaking all, I trust him. Your faith is in Jesus. Your faith is not in this world. Your faith is not in the government. Your faith is in Jesus. And if you were the only person in the world, he would have died just for you. So neither bond nor free. Aren't y'all glad we're not under the old covenant? Because you know why? Most of us would be dead. Because they stoned teenagers with a smart mouth when they were not obedient to their parents. I see some of you looking at those teenagers. I know I'd be dead. You don't have red hair and I'd have a little bit of a mouth on you. But you know, you are a slave to whatever controls you. And so many people today are still bound by, by your past, by your guilt, by fear, by bondage. But I want you to know when Jesus died on the cross for you, he died for you to be set free. And see, so many people can't enjoy freedom because they're so afraid they're going to go back to their bondage. They're not enjoying everyday life because they think, what if I go back that way? What if I go back to what God brought me out of? Some of you need to be delivered from that fear today because God's not finished with you. There's neither male nor female. Now, won't that preach? We're all one in Christ Jesus. And his word says in the last days, he's pouring out his spirit and his sons and his daughters will prophesy. And you can't prophesy with your mouth closed. And he's going to use all of us misfits. He's going to use all of us for his glory. He's not looking for superstars. He's looking for people that's willing to pay the price to say, God, just use me. I'm not qualified. There's more talented people. But God, here I am. Use me. And I think one of the greatest examples of God using someone with a bad reputation was the Samaritan woman at the well. Now, I'm going to summarize this, and most of you say, well, um, I know this, but there's so many people that watch my television. Maybe you're watching my television, you've never even heard of Jesus. And I think that's one of the greatest compliments that people say, you teach it in a way that I can understand. And I'm like, well, I teach it the way I can understand, too. And I remember a prophecy that a man gave me, probably 25, I had just started this ministry, and he said, I see you on television, which I didn't even think about television at that time. But he said, I see you doing like Bible stories in a way that people can understand. And Doug said, well, he hit that one. We were talking about this week how the Lord had put remembrances. He said, he hit that one, didn't he? But this woman had a bad reputation. Jesus was coming into the city. There was Jacob's well, which was outside the city. He was tired. He was thirsty. He sent the disciples into town to get him some lunch or the village. And there was this lady at noontime that showed up. But what you got to understand is the ladies usually came at, at 
early morning or in the evening, but she came at noon, probably because she didn't want to be seen. But it was a setup by God. It was a setup by Jesus. So he proceeded to tell her, you know, I want some water. And she was so shocked. Jesus is speaking to me. Hey, I'm a Samaritan and I'm a woman. That's Jesus. He proceeded to tell her about the living water and she was just amazed at what he was saying. And, and then uh, he, she, he said, go tell your husband. And y'all know the story. He's, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, oh, you don't. You've had five. And the one that you're living with is not your husband. This word of knowledge was a seed that changed this woman's life because it built her faith. If you've never been around spiritual gifts and what the word of knowledge is, it's when the Lord gives you a word that you speak forth and it's to increase a person's faith. I've prayed with people in the altar before and I know in one particular place I went to, just as soon as I got up there, I said, somebody is, is suffering from excruciating excruciating pain in your elbow and you can't move it. That lady, she said, that's me. She was right there. She instantaneously was healed. She received that word. So it just builds your faith. I've had people call the prayer line. You spoke this and probably there was millions watching, but it touched her. She reached out in faith. So it was a word of knowledge. So this lady dropped her bucket. She knew this was the Messiah. And she went into the city and she started telling everybody, let me tell you about this Jesus. I met the Messiah. Let me tell you, he knew everything about me. Come on, you got to meet Jesus. A woman with a bad reputation. A woman that didn't have anything, didn't know anything about Jesus. And let's see what happened. So don't tell me the Lord can't use all of us. Amen. John 4, 35 through 38. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. When they looked out on the fields, they were white with harvest. And what some commentaries say is the workers in the city wore white. So when they looked out there, they saw the streams of people coming to meet Jesus from that word of knowledge, that single seed. It normally took four months, but in this situation, they came in to meet Jesus. So this woman, her testimony changed lives. Whereas the experienced teachers, the disciples, they came back with a sack lunch for Jesus and nobody. So there is power in your testimony. You don't have to know a lot about the word of God. See, the enemy will try to shut you up and say, well, I'm not qualified to tell anybody. Or the enemy will tell you, don't tell your testimony. What will people think of you? You know what they'll think of you? They'll be proud of you because it gives them hope that no matter what they're going through, if God did that in your life, he'll do it in theirs. So there's power in a testimony. 
But see, the Bible says in this scripture that it normally takes four months. Y'all say four. four. Four months for a harvest. But I believe the Lord spoke this to me last month for you that were not here. When the Lord spoke, uh, when Ezekiel spoke to the dead dry bones, to the four winds. And I believe it's the same. Here's four again this month. But see, four has different meanings. Four means uh, locations like north, south, east, west. Different seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. So I believe what God is doing now, he's intensifying this revival that's taking place. And it's happening everywhere. It may start in one location, but it's coming to every location that people are getting on their face and they're seeking God and seeking his presence. He's no respecter of persons. And I believe it's going to be a way of life. It's not going to be like, okay, we're going to have a spring revival or we're going to have a fall revival. Well, what if you need to get saved in the summertime? <laughs> You're in trouble, aren't you, brother? So I believe it's going to be like a pool of Bethesda, you know, certain seasons of the year, an angel of the Lord would step in and they would be healed. But it's not going to be just a certain season. It's going to be all seasons. And I believe that the presence of the Lord is going to bring healing and deliverance and salvation to a world that is looking for Jesus. Amen. That's going to make believers out of believers and bring unbelievers to the cross. See, that's when miracles took place in the Bible is to bring unbelievers to Jesus. That's why miracles were taking place. And I believe that is going to intensify with the days that we're living in. But it comes with a price. It comes with a price. The Bible tells us to love everybody, doesn't it? Not just people that we agree only the way we agree. He wants us to love people where they are. We need to catch them and let Jesus clean them up. Amen? Amen. But there's a cost to anointing in our personal lives. See, so many people apply, uh, say things like, well, I want to be a, anointed by God, but you better watch it. Are you ready to be crushed? See, a lot of people say, I want the double portion anointing that you have on you, sister. And I say, really? They're not even faithful to show up, much less have a double portion anointing. Not even faithful in what they're doing now. Because you're going to go through a crushing so what we're going to talk about today is the crushing of anointing because what the anointing that's going to change your life, the anointing, see, it's not going to be motivational speakers that changes this world. It's going to be the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's going to change lives. Because I might encourage you a little bit, but if I'm not anointed by God, it's not going to do any good after you walk out of these doors. You got to know the word for yourself and you got to be anointed yourself because the anointing is what destroys yokes and bondage. It's not our titles, what we want to be called. Bow down and worship me and give me my name. The Lord's tired of all that. He's looking for real. So let's, let's read a scripture here about the crushing that we all have to go through. And nobody wants to be crushed. We all want to be blessed and highly favored. I heard a Christian comedian say, you know, we, we all have the, the Christian lingo of what we need to say. And he said, now those that say you blessed and highly favored, you got plenty of money in the bank. <laughs> Y'all didn't think that was as funny as I did, but anyway, <laughs> I thought it was funny. But anyway, <laughs> y'all all got plenty of money in the bank. So y'all all blessed and highly favored, huh? <laughs> all right, let's get back to the word. Okay. All right, let's go now to um, Psalms 133, 1 through 
3. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessings, life evermore. See, there's a high cost to anointing. And in this particular scripture, Mount Hermon was the, the tallest mountain in Palestine. Palestine. And this was when Moses was anointing Aaron as high priest. And for that anointing oil, which was very costly, it came from the head to the beard to the garment. It's not like a little dab of do it like we do nowadays. There was a lot of oil. But see, God commands blessings where there's unity. We can't blame the schools and we can't blame our churches if they don't see unity at home. That's where he commands blessings. Even in our churches, even in the ministries, he commands blessings. And there is a cost to that anointing. You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was crushed. There was a cost to that anointing. Did y'all know that Gethsemane actually relates to the death of Jesus and what Jesus went through? In fact, Gethsemane was an olive grove and Gethsemane means crushing of the olives. So what I want to do today is we're going to talk just a little bit about this crushing to have the anointing, this high cost for us to do what God's called us to do. Now in the Holy Land, the olive trees were very popular and still are. They grow about 20 feet tall. Um, in the springtime, they produce yellow flowers or white flowers and then the olives. In the fall, it's time for the harvest. The olive oil is used for anointing oil, which we still use it for that. It's used for sacrificial oil, for lamps, for food, a great resource and still is. But the interesting thing about these olives is how they're prepared and how they're crushed. And this relates to Jesus in Gethsemane. This was before he was crucified and he was in such agony and such pain. In fact, let me read this scripture to you. Luke twenty-two forty-four, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When you study olives and you study these olive trees, when it's time for those olives to be harvested, what they do is they put a cloth around the tree. Then they take a large stick and they beat the limbs for the olives to fall off onto, the, onto this cloth. Jesus was beaten. Well, then what they do, they take these olives, and this is called, uh, they start a crushing process, where they put it on stone, it's in a crushing process, and then the olive oil flows out. The first oil that is produced is called extra virgin olive oil, and it's clear. But the Bibles are, the commentaries say that there's two more crushings that take place. The last crushing, they take that pulp, and they crush it. They take that pulp and they crush it to get oil. 
By the third crushing, they say the olive oil is so dark that it looks like blood. Now, what was Jesus sweating in the Garden of Gethsemane because of the crushing and the stress that he was under? Blood. There was a great crushing that took place for Jesus. What were the disciples doing during this time? Sleeping. <laughs> but you know, an angel of the Lord came and strengthened Jesus as he was crying out, Lord, if you can just take this cup from me. But the disciples were sleeping. The same ones that could stay up all night fishing could not stay awake and pray for Jesus when he was in greatest agony. For you to walk in the anointing of God in your life, it's going to come with a crushing. It's going to come with crushing. See, some of you have been through crushing with sickness in your body. Some of you, it's maybe not one crushing, but it's another crushing, and it's another crushing. Family, finances, health, and you feel like I can't go on anymore. But I want you to know that Jesus knows what you're going through. He feels your pain. And no matter what you're going through right now, the Holy Spirit is there with you to lead you, to guide you, to refresh you, to empower you during these dark times in your life, during this crushing. But I want you to know that there's a purpose for your pain. First of all, Jesus does not call sickness. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. The enemy is the one that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So you'll never receive healing in your life if you think Jesus wants you sick. He wants you well. But we live in a fallen world, and bad things happen to good people, and sometimes we just don't understand things. But when faith kicks in, peace will come to let you know that you belong to Jesus. But that the crushing that you're going through it's got a purpose, and we don't always understand that purpose because we don't want to go through a crushing. I don't want to go through a crushing. But that oil that's in you is expensive. Uh, would you bring me that alabaster box up here? Thank you, Sanja. See, inside of all of us, is an expensive oil. You know, just like when Mary broke this alabaster box and anointed Jesus' feet for burial, that was an expensive oil. It was worth a whole year's salary. Some of you have got oil within you from all the crushing that you've been through. The anointing is there, but you gotta be broken before you can be fixed. You gotta be broken before the anointing can flow. See, some of you have been broken before, but you tried to fix yourself with addictions, wrong relationships, money. I mean, we could go on and on when only Jesus can fix you. So I believe what the Lord is looking for all of us in these days is a broken vessel. Yeah. To be broken before Jesus. Say, Jesus, and true repentance to say, Lord, I messed up. Yeah. I blew it. But I'm, I'm breaking here. And I, I love what Amanda said about the, the tears that all she could do with the, the, it was cry. And that's the way I've been. I've been broken because I feel like that's what the Lord is using in this end time revival is a brokenness. 
It's not with arrogance and it's not with pride and you can name it and claim it and grab it and blab it and we need to have faith, but we got to have a brokenness before God and say, God, I repent of my sins. I'm sorry, Father, a brokenness. Because when we're broken, that oil can flow. When we're broken with the crushing that we've been through, there's a purpose for our pain and it will be able to bless other people. If you've never been through anything, you can't be a blessing to anybody else. I know the Lord took me through a great crushing over a year ago with sickness in my body, but I can tell you, he healed me. And since that time, I have a passion for people that are sick. I used to could say, get over it, take up your bed and walk. But until I was in the bed and I had trouble walking. And it was a reality check. So it gives you compassion. Yeah, it does. And it gives you an anointing in your life. Thank you. So for true revival, it comes with a brokenness. And it comes with one mind and one accord. Just like we're here today. One mind and one accord, like on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came in, swept through the place, filled them the Holy Spirit, the ones that lingered received. And he's going to do that here today. So whatever you need from the Lord and you watch him by television, revival is in you. Some of you, the flame has gone out. But if there's a flicker, he needs to fan the flames here today and to seek him so you can walk out of here and tell people about Jesus and share your testimony with a hurting world. I pray this message blessed you. And no matter what you're going through right now, you understand that we serve a supernatural, miracle-working God of now, and he has not forgotten you. And if you're watching this program and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, just pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross just for me and you rose again on the third day. Come into my heart and come into my life. And from this day forth, I'm going to live for you. If you prayed that prayer, congratulations. I'll find you a good Bible-believing church to grow to be more like Jesus. And call that 1-800 number and let me know that you made this decision. It's just an encouragement to me. If you're watching and you need special prayer, call the 1-800 number. Please leave a message and we'll call you back. God is doing some great things. Now, I can't go off the air without thanking our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you. There is no way that we can do this without partners and without your help. And I've got a favor. If this program is blessing you, are you being fed? I ask you to send some kind of donation. We don't manipulate. We don't. We we just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But any amount would be appreciated. Television is very expensive, but what an evangelistic tool in the time that we're living now. Now, next week, we're going to have a brand new show, a brand new message. But until then, this is Sandra Hancock with Voice of Hope. And remember, your hope is in Jesus. My name is Sandra Hancock, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast. Many of you that are watching this broadcast, you feel like you're at the end of your rope. 
You've got some impossible situations, but I got some good news. You have hope in Jesus because we still serve a supernatural miracle working God of now. I also would like to invite you to come out and join us in one of our powerful conferences in a city near you. It would make our day to have you as our guest. If you think our broadcast is powerful, wait and come and experience the presence of the Lord. You'll love it. Also, I want to thank our partners. We sincerely love and appreciate you, and we thank you for helping us spread Jesus to a hurting world. God bless you all.